of all the people on this show that could lose their phone right before we film a show, you're actually the best one. Because I don't even put that. Yeah, because you don't even know you have one most of the time unless yeah. you're talking to Asia. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it don't really matter. Like, if me or Freddie lose our phone. Curtis. It's Kurt. Like, if I couldn't tweet walking off the plane or at least read all the people that was pissed off about something I tweeted about, like, I don't really know how I would act. <laughs> Do you know the first thing I thought about when I didn't find my phone? I was like, bitch, I'm on level 7,000 of Candy Crush. <laughs> <laughs> if I lose my Candy Crush status, I'm gonna be so hot. That was that was the first thing that came. First thing out? I thought about. I thought about I can't call my wife, and now my my Candy Crush status is gonna be ruined. What do you get if you're very good on Candy Crush though? Nothing. It's pride thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a pride thing. It's a thing where you show other people be like, yeah, I'm on level seven thousand. They be like, oh, I'm on level two thousand. But isn't Candy Crush like real two thousand and sixteen though? I don't I don't know all these. That's 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 that's. That's minutia okay. that you're bringing into it's this It's crazy. Country. We're in the biggest city in America, and you lose your phone. Nothing else to do with no pay phones, no hotels nearby. And the first thing that comes to mind is Candy Crush. I lose my st- I lose my Candy Crush level. And as cute as I am, I can ask anybody to use their phone. They'll let me. All right. Lies are being told. Hold up. Limitless. Biggest to me, God, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach count, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Welcome to the pivot. It's going to be a little different today. I know you guys have kind of gotten used to the three of us and we sit down and we interview, but the reason we started this podcast is because I'm interested in what Fred Taylor has to say. I'm interested in what Channing Crowder has to say. I'm actually tired of listening to myself, but we are going to get back to podcasting, to talking, to speaking about the events that go on in our lives or that are going on around us and how they affect us. And hopefully you learn something from it. Uh, To Happy Dad, our sponsors, we say thank you. To DraftKings, we say thank you. And remember, man, continue to subscribe and hit that like button. And we still enjoy your comments. Those comments help us. And hopefully you enjoy chatting and talking to other people who also love the pivot the exact same way that you do and the way that we do. Channing doesn't have a phone, but it doesn't matter. For I'm going to give you a little inside information, right? If you ever got a chance to be at the podcast live, we often look at our phones and we pay attention to the people that we're interviewing or our guests, but we look at our phone because that's the way we communicate or Fred kicks his foot up or Channing points at himself and looks at himself like this. And so all of these things go on within our podcast that you never get to see because we got the best freaking producer in the world. And it makes it look like this junk is seamless and we just go through it, but we actually don't. And it also just looks like we're just sitting here, but it's like 17 million cameras and this big <laughs> ASS light in the middle. And that's what we do. And so it's been going on a while, so we've now let you behind the scenes a little bit. But what's crazy is, is right now, we, we are still in New York. We filmed in New York last week with Israel Adesanya. Last weekend, or the weekend that just passed, we were all locked in. The group chat was fired up. Freddie T's texting from Octagon side, sending us videos and pictures, and for four rounds, we was like, hell yeah, our boy, right? Because at that point, he our boy, Get him. right? At that point, our boy <laughs> is winning. Yeah. Fifth round starts. My dog DC say, what Israel Adesanya can't do is stand in front of Alex Pajeda. Yes. Or Alex is how he says it. And he does. And then he drops. And then we get that one word text from Fred. Because Fred sees it before we all see it. Damn. Damn. When it happened, Freddie T, man, you sitting there octagon side, bro. You you around all the stars. Holly Berry, like two, three rows in front of you. What you feel other than, man, Holly Berry's really I'm, pretty? I'm hurt. Because <laughs> Izzy now, you know, having him on the show, that's our boy. You know, and um, and I'm a, I'm a UFC novice, right? First fight, going out, support Izzy. And uh, the, atmosphere, the atmosphere was amazing. UFC, like, they do it right. Like, it was amazing. And uh, he gets up, he's fighting, he's doing his thing. I'm like, all right, we're exchanging the texts. Like, all right, we're good. He was winning every round, I think. And then fifth round, we're like, all right, just, you know, just don't take the big shot. That didn't happen. So, and it happened so fast in person. 
you put your head up and you look at it on the big screen, but I'm seven rows back. I'm like, I need to look at it right here. But it's so quick and those fighters are so amazing. When it happened, I'm like, nah, that ain't, that ain't the punch that did it. But when you look at the slow-mo on the big screen, you're like, right. like what's going on? Man, but my heart dropped and I felt like shit, like they got the, the whole arena. Everybody's like, ah. You know, they didn't want Izzy to lose. He's such an amazing person. And I felt the same way. My heart just dropped, man. It felt like I lost the Super Bowl I never played in. That's a shot at you. <laughs> you can't take a shot when I actually played in one. Right, I know, right. but that, that's what I'm saying. The fact is, the point is, yeah, yeah, the point is, like, I can imagine how it feels. Yeah. But that's that. But yeah, it felt bad, man. It felt real bad. But even watching it from afar, like, why did he change the approach? Like, I, the old saying, dance with your date. Like, four rounds. This man was whooping Pereira. That's what he said. Pereira. I, Pereira. I know you. I, you I've always, been working on it. You always do working your little mouth funny when you do it. <laughs> but he he's winning. Then he walks in and just wants the big man brawl. Four rounds. Why you didn't big man brawl? Why are you big man brawl in the fifth? I was so surprised. I was watching it on TV. Freddie was there. I'm watching it and just like, why did you brawl? Why did he brawl? Why, why did he want to brawl, RC? Okay, so one. Like, I don't think he he brawled as much as he stopped moving. Right. Like if you watch the other rounds, he was moving around. He was trying to get in and out. Anytime Alex had any type of success, it was with Izzy's back against the cage. And so I think he just he just got still. And that dude's so massive. We were talking about it, right? And and you're about the size they were fighting. You're about that much bigger than me. Yeah. Right. And so if we were in an organized fight, not like a street fight where you could just grab me, throw me over the bar, but like in an organized fight with some some rules, I might be able to bink bink you, but it would take it would take me a ton of punches to actually knock you out. Right. Whereas if you hit me at your size, it just take one to stun me. And that's what he got. But not even that though, this is the second time that has happened in four months to two long-standing champions yeah. in the UFC, Kamaru Usman who was actually in Wakanda Forever, which was released last Friday. He's fighting Leon Edwards. He beats him. I think it's less than a minute he gets kicked in the head. He's out. Right. And so now he's sitting on the side, Nigerian uh, of Nigerian descent. He's in the locker room with Izzy before Francis Ngannou. All these people are here, and they watch this happen. My thing for y'all is, though, as people who do the show, right, we are also fans. Like, we become fans. Like, when you sit with a dude and you start to know him a little bit, like, you root for him. As the, the the fan in me, when when he stole on him in the first round, I text Freddie T. I'm like, they better save him, Freddie T. Yeah. And then when he lost, I was in freaking Wazoo. I was in Pullman. I was in Spokane, uh, where <laughs> damn Juliana Pena from. Yeah, yeah. I was in Spokane, Washington, and I had a, a full bed because it was the last room left. So me and Yonk had to sleep at different beds. A full bed. It was a full. It was a full size. <laughs> right. So I'm sitting on my full size on the edge, and she sleep. Tight. I didn't scream and cussed, and woke everybody up. Well, it was just me and her. <laughs> I did, man. I was hot. Damn. Channing, when you're watching those things and you're rooting for people that are on our show, why are you rooting? Are you rooting because you want people to be like, oh, if you come on our show, you win? Or you just get that attachment to them as people? I think it's the attachment as people. Once you, once you meet a man and once you sit down or and person, talk to him. Or person. Per, yeah, person. Even do, you, you bring opinion. Yep. Julie yeah. out opinion. I, I am a fan for life. But once you sit down and look a person in the eye, and I think that's with this, I don't know, be, be the old man talking about this social media world and all this, but just now the personal connection to people and to sit and look them in the eye and see how they move and see what their team is like. And you kind of, you like people and you get an attachment to them. And so that's what it is where you meet people and see how they move and see what they are and just feel their energy. You're like, I like that person. I like Izzy. I like uh, Juliana Pena. I like uh, Sugar Sean. Sugar Sean. I like them. Um, Jada Kramer. Jana. I like Jada Kramer. <laughs> I followed her. I'm gonna download all her albums. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I like the energy of people, and that's the thing that I love meeting people and seeing people and just talking to people, looking them in their eyes. And that's the thing I think a lot of this generation. I'm gonna be the old man. A lot of generation of laws is just sitting down and having conversations like we do with people. And I think that's why we're successful to sit down and talk to a person, look them in the eye and just feel their energy more than what they say. 
is who they are, and you can feel that. That's true, Chan, but you know how it goes, man. The world is crazy. The world is very sensitive, and what drives that is <clears throat> social media. You know, I had a guy, you know, and I, I think we'll probably talk about it at some point, or other, I would love to talk about it at some point. They're talking about the NFL turf. Somebody say, I'm going to um, preemptively tell Fred Taylor to shut up. What did I do? Like, bro, what the f did I do? But that's a whole nother story, but that's social media, right? And, uh, you know, also someone attacked me and said, you guys got to stop doing fighters because you're 0-2. The fact is, we're not 0-2. Who believes in superstition? Well, Deontay put somebody to sleep with a, mm -hmm. a phantom right. Right, sugar. Errol Spence Pants. knocked Errol out Spence. a whole eye. Right. <laughs> he knocked his eye out Right. So, but that's the thing that I'm saying. You know, but these are the comments, and you opened up by talking about we 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 like your comments. Oh, I'ma read the comments. Well, I'ma read the comments. <laughs> Straight up. I'ma read Fred, the comments. Fred on top of it. Yeah, so uh, but we do like the comments, appreciate the feedback. Uh, but in this one particular comment, it's like, hey, you guys gotta stop doing fighters, you know, before they fight. Look, I guarantee you the fighters would say it came down to my discipline, to my preparation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of that stuff is like horoscopes. People who read our horoscopes, they're superstitious. They believe in that BS. Nothing like what the Von Miller said. It's about sacrifices. You know, it's about putting in the work. It's about preparation and being ready. And you cannot give. And, and I think in Izzy's uh, case, in his defense, he didn't have his defense up. He got one nice shot on him. Guy caught him, staggered him, but he was still there as a true champ would be. And uh, it took a lot. And I heard his interview. He said, I was good. You know, I felt that I could have continued. But, uh, you know, neither here nor there. He, he took the L, but he took it like a man. In his post-game post interview, he stood up and said, man, this is a beautiful life. You got to respect that because you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. But you got to be ready to come back. And that's the way it goes. I don't know if y'all think any different way. I felt this way my whole life. There is no such thing as jinx. There's no such thing as superstition. That is something that you put in your mind. Sock, what's the, sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe, and all the, the things that you do before a game to get ready does not affect your performance. I've tell, when I coach, I tell my kids that superstition is bullshit. <laughs> Superstition, jinx is bullshit. The jinx of this, the jinx of that. All that's bullshit. It is, it is science. Like, hey, if I'm bigger than you, you talk about me and you fighting. Why would the fight be? The fight's going to be because you're quicker and I'm stronger. Yeah. So you're going to hit me more and I might hit you harder. That's what all this comes down to. NFL games, the team that's prepared better is going to win. The player, play to play to play because it's 11-1-on-1. It's, it's -on that's what football is. 11-1-on-1s. The player that is more prepared in that one-on-one -on -one is going to win. I don't give a damn how you put your fucking shoes and socks on if you did this, if you ate pancakes or you ate pasta before the game. I used, it used to kill me when guys like, I got to eat, I got to eat uh, uh, spaghetti, spaghetti and meatballs the night before the game. I got to eat pancakes the day before. That shit doesn't mean anything if you're not ready to play. I don't believe in any of that, and I think everything. I want to hear y'all's opinion. I think all that. Okay, so here, so, is so, bullshit, so here would be, so here would be the thing I would push back on that. I believe that about superstition. I don't believe that about routine. Now, I don't believe that routine mm. makes me a winner, right? Like, I, like I don't believe that sticking to my routine means I'm gonna get a W. I feel like sticking to my routine is gonna put me in the best place, at least here as far as what I feel, what I think, how I move, put me in the best place to win, right? And so how I would look at it was, all right, on Mondays, I watch film a certain way. I did a certain thing for treatment. On Tuesdays, I watch film a certain way. I did a certain thing for treatment. And I did the same thing every week. I went, I got to the stadium at the same time. I set myself up at the same time. And it wasn't, it wasn't for me because I felt like that meant I was gonna get a W. I felt like that meant I did everything I needed to do to prepare my way. And then, that made me feel like if Channing Crowder beats me on this play, he beat me because he was better on that play. Not because I didn't study, not because I didn't prepare, not because I didn't take care of myself, because he was better. And I could live with that. I always wanted to walk out of the stadium and say, you know what, RC? You did everything you could possibly do. 
that guy was better, that team was better, you can go on and live your life. What I was always nervous about was something, something, and this, this is the negative too, Chad, like something pops up in my life, like the kids got something, right? So the kid, Jordan might have a game or a practice at six that I gotta take him to. And now you take him to that practice and you push something back. And now you push something back, so now you don't get to watch film. That was always my thing, because it was like, okay, do I stay awake to watch more film when I'm sleepy just to watch the film, which I may not need that day, because yeah, I can catch yeah. up tomorrow, right? So that was kind of always my thing that would play in my mind, like, damn, RC, on Monday you were supposed to watch those four games and you didn't. I just want to jump in. Boy, I love that. Hey, listen, what's the difference? What's the difference between routine and commitment? They look the same, right? Mm -hmm. Think about it. They are the same, ain't it? No, 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 no. He just said, you can have a routine, the cold tub, whatever you always do. But some days you get into the mode, like, this ain't the day. Commitment reinforces that. Yep. He just said here, if, if Jordan practice or whatever engagement comes into play and replaces his routine, he can either decide to A, I'm gonna just do Jordan and I'm good, or B, the commitment gotta take over. You understand what I'm saying? So what I've always looked at, and I had to ask myself when I played, you have a routine getting up at five, getting to the stadium, but some days you don't feel like it, Chan. So they're, they look the same, but they're totally different. I just want to make that point because you kind of, it, it, it was great. To that point, bro, I just thought about it. Let me throw a curveball at y'all. No. It was, I think, my third year. And Zach Thomas, I've talked about Zach before. Zach's my OG. <laughs> Zach's my man. Like, Zach, I, I honestly don't think I would have played as long. I wouldn't have got my second day. I wouldn't have got paid if, if I didn't have Zach Thomas in my corner. Zach Thomas is that dude. And I love Big Brother Death. I, we still talk. Our kids play. So Zach used to have a stretch guy, IV person, mm -hmm. and all this stuff, and the and, and the, the doing the everything he needs to do, everything right. you could do. And <clears throat> Zach really locked into what he needed to do for his body. So at one point, I think it was going in my third year, I said I'm gonna get on Zach's plan. And Zach had a meal plan, so he had a guy that delivered food to his house every two days, six six uh little black platters with this little plastic on right. top, and. So I got Zach's stretch guy. I got Zach's uh, IV guy. I locked into Zach Thomas's plan. Plan. Right. His schedule. His regiment. His, his to that point. It made me think about it. I wanted to do what Zach does because Zach Thomas is a Hall of Famer. I've argued about it before, and if y'all don't put Zach in the Hall of Fame, I'm gonna I'm gonna slap somebody. <laughs> but I wanted to lock into Zach Thomas. Right. I did it all off season. I lost a bunch of weight. Felt good. Ball. You know, saying. Did my thing. Went out there, week one, had about four tackles. Week two, three tackles. I'm two weeks into the NFL season, I have seven, eight tackles, something like that. And I actually told Zach, I said, Zach, your regimen doesn't work for me. I said, I need to go to strip clubs. I need to drink Hennessy. <laughs> so I was that superstition or was that routine? That, and yeah. this is, and I, yeah. routine. I, I, I want y'all to, I want y'all to tell me what it was. And I started partying again. I started running the streets, and I started making plays again. Y'all let me know. It's what. But it's, it's what, that mindset. Like it's, it's that mindset. Felt, but it's what felt most natural to you. I, 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 I can bet, or I would at least like to think, if you continued on what Zach had you doing, and eventually you would have fell into it and started to play better. Like there were some weeks that I did exactly what I was supposed to do and I had two tackles because that was how the game went. Or I missed a tackle because it was freaking, you know, it was freaking uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, right? Like I missed that tackle, not because I wasn't prepared, because the mother effort was better, yeah, right? Like, like yeah. I told you about yeah, the play with, I told you about the play with Freddie. Yeah. I was about to end Fred's night. <laughs> I saw it. He was to the left of me, right? I come down in the flat. I was like, I know he don't see me. Sleepy Johnson, yeah. it's a wrap. He hit me with the spin move. I dang near killed Pot Dog. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't kill Pot Dog. In Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But like, that wasn't because I wasn't prepared. You know what I mean? Because later on that game, I'm in zero. They got a screen to MJD. They got three blockers in front of them. I make the tackle. They got to kick a field goal. And it, it's just, it's just part of it. But I do think like we just feel more natural in certain things. But like when people are talking about like whether don't have fighters on your show, this and this, you know, like I look at Izzy, it was, he did, you know, uh, Ariel Halani's show, he did 
first take. Like he did all these, he did Taylor Rooks, who was a, a guest on our show, because he was the, because he's a star, mm-hmm. right? Because he's the champion. And I say this to people all the time, and like they, I don't think they actually get it. I can be in a stadium with 90,000 people and only see 21 of them, right? I see the other 10 dudes playing with me. I see the dudes playing offense. I don't hear, like, it's crazy. You stop hearing, you know what I'm saying? Because you're so focused on your job, like, you just do it. Now that we're about halfway through the football season, hopefully you've got an idea how teams stack up against one another. So why not add a little fun into the mix? Today's video sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is dishing out an awesome offer for all their new customers. All new customers need to do is sign up using promo code PIVOT, bet $5 on any pregame money line wager, and receive an additional $200 in free bets if your bet cashes. That's right, new customers who bet at least $5 on any team to win straight up will get an additional $200 in free bets if their bet hits. Plus, with same game parlays, you can combine multiple bets on the same game to give yourself a shot of even bigger winnings all season long. For those in states where sports betting is not yet available, don't forget about DraftKings Daily Fantasy, where they have been innovating even more ways to win some cash this football season. And don't forget, the basketball season tips off soon, and DraftKings has tons of ways for you to get in on that action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code PIVOT and receive $200 in free bets if their pregame Moneyline bet hits after placing a $5 wager. That's promo code PIVOT only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Ziff Recruiter is amazing. It's like in sports. If you're a GM, you got to do everything to get your players to get the best talent you need. Ziff Recruiter can be your GM for your business. They're going to find the best people, make it easy for you to continue to thrive in your business. And it's tough out there. You got to find the best person. You're always looking for new talent. You're looking for to upgrade your business. Upgrade with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's an upgrade. You can upgrade with ZipRecruiter. Let them be your GM and build your team. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. When you're ready to build a winning team, let ZipRecruiter help you build the perfect roster. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. When you're ready to build a winning team, let ZipRecruiter help you build the perfect roster. You can try it for free. That's right, for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash DraftKings. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-R-A-F-T-K-I-N-G-S. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Another guy who, to me, is now, like, in a different world, and he worked with me, is Jeff Saturday. Just to take people through the story who don't know, Jeff Saturday was an ESPN NFL analyst. On Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, Jeff Saturday's doing the exact same thing that I'm doing. I think Jeff Saturday may have like almost a 500 record as a high school coach because he coached his kids. Jeff Saturday was a consultant for the Indianapolis coach. Jeff Saturday is an all pro. Jeff Saturday was a pro bowler. Jeff Saturday is a Super Bowl champion. Jeff Saturday played with Peyton Manning. Jeff Saturday, like I said, he consults with, Indianapolis coach. Jeff Saturday is also really good friends with Jim Irsay. Mm -hmm. Jeff Saturday is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And not only is he the head coach, he's also 1-0 as the head coach because he beat Josh McDaniels, who we are learning probably shouldn't be a head coach. He better stay under daddy Belichick. Well, one... He he needs big man in front of him. So, to that, know what I've learned about that? They don't need Belichick. Everybody needs Tom Brady. Mm. Mm-hmm. Speak on Right? Belichick doesn't have Tom Brady. We're not talking about the New England Patriots going to win a Super Bowl. No, they're still a good football team. Yeah. Right? Solid. But you know what they are? Last in the AFC East. Yep. Yeah, the Jets are over them. We'll right? Jones, they haven't, Jones and Zappy. Ex- exactly. They haven't won a playoff game since Tom Brady has left. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won a Super Bowl. Uh, we look at Bill O'Brien. He goes to the Texans. He does have success as far as it pertains to what the Texans are. He's a guy that can't win. Romeo Cornell, Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. Like, the list goes on and on, and it starts to be to me like, okay, is it that they can't win not being under Belichick or they can't win without Tom Brady? But I've digressed. I don't think 
Brady has six in Jacksonville. Agreed. With Bel- without Belichick. Agreed. But I know, to your point, I know Belichick doesn't have six without Brady. So they want to put that, that on people. I think it's a combination. We won the AFCs when I was with the Dolphins in 08, the Wildcat mm-hmm. year. So Matt Castle was there, and they, they still went 11-5. Mm-hmm. And, and the Dolphins they didn't go to the playoffs, though. beat them out. They didn't go to the playoffs. We ended up winning AFC East and the Wild Card, and we played the Ravens, and Ed Reed ruined my life because Ed Reed is a monster. Yeah. Ed, come on on the show, bro. I just, I just want to hug you. <laughs> to that point where if Brady's there, they're not 11-5. They're 12 and four, they're 13 and three. So everybody talks about what makes it, and friends, you played there. What's y'all's thought on that conversation? Because everybody wants to have that Fred, conversation. Fred is it Brady a... or is it Belichick? I think the combination. It is the combination. I mean, Bill obviously is a Hall of Fame coach. You know what Belichick brings to the table. Tom, the same. I, I, I think that we tend to, you know, we want entertainment. You know, we love sports. We're, you know, we're just like fans, right? Even though we're former players, we like that debate, right? And at the end of the day, that's the perfect marriage. That's what sports need. And that's a once in a lifetime situation. We're seeing that, seeing that Tom is having amazing success since his departure from New England. You know, this year has been a bit of a challenge, but you know, I think- I, no, 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 no. Yeah, I think Brady Tampa- Yeah, old, Tampa, Fred. I know you don't like the word. Tampa, Brady got did old. you see what they did in Germany? Versus a very good Seahawks team. Listen, yeah, I think I saw they threw the worst trick play of all time. Yeah, that was bad, but <laughs> they got the win. And I think Tampa is going to start hitting on all cylinders and 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 show that push. We talked about the uh, the the division champ. I think they are going to win that division. Yep. Right. They're going to send make the playoffs as they should be. And, and no no better player in the history of the NFL playoffs than Tom Brady. So don't count them out. So Tom is Tom. Bill is Bill. Two amazing people, two amazing at, at their job. But this ain't about that. This is about Jeff Saturday. We, we all heard about it, right? And it was a shock to the world, to, to the sports world. Jeff Saturday, Saturday off the sideline, off from, from broadcasting, new head coach. Shout out to Jeff. Did an amazing job to get your first win. He hired his friend. That's, that's okay. They hired their he friend. He got a win, Channing. He hired he, his he friend. He spoke to, I, I hear you. The, the biggest argument. Wait, no, no, no. The biggest argument in that is this: the Rooney Rule. That's the biggest question mark. It doesn't. It why, doesn't pertain why? to the interim coach. Well, maybe I, because, I, I, but, I like Reggie that. Wayne, I like Reggie that. Wayne. Yeah, because, right, yeah, Reggie Wayne is currently on the coach staff. I, I agree. Why does Jeff Saturday? What did you say, consultant? Mm-hmm. Why do you hire a consultant over coaches that are on your staff? The, 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 the same reason. Why you would go have a drink with Richard Sherman and not Russell Wilson? Because you, the people that you like, I don't think you it's should the people hire you deal Fred, with. Freddie, you it, shouldn't hire that one. This man is on the sideline. I've watched him, and he is one to know. I don't think he is a qualified head coach. Jeff Saturday. What makes you qualified? What makes Tell you me qualified? What makes you qualified? Coming up through the ranks. No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, yes, no. Nope, yes, nope. that makes it's, you It's friend. about that wins you and losses. Fred. You ask me. It's what's about wins and he's and losses. Fred, he's 0-0. How? He just won. He ain't done a goddamn thing to get that job. They there are, are current, people, currently. There are people more qualified to have the head coaching okay, so, job. Okay, so here's my question. Thir- There's only just 32 like anything. Look at Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday is one of the best 32 people to have a. Head coach job. Okay, Channing. That shit is funny. That shit is comical. No, I, 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 one hundred percent agree. With you. No, you don't. No, because there's a certain a certain thing as being overqualified. Some of these there coaches is, there on- is no such thing as being overqualified. Right. That's an overqualified. excuse. That's an excuse people use to not hire people they don't want to hire. That's the mm. first thing. The other piece of it is this. I agree with you. He hired his friend. That's my buddy. Right now, That's it. right now, the, That's it. the 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 don't problem, agree with nothing else. The problem in it all is right, the unorthodox way that he went about hiring him because we've never seen it, right? We've never seen somebody just say, you know what, f it, I got all these coaches on my staff. Gus Bradley is a former head coach. He's a defensive coordinator. I'm not going to hire him. I'm going to hire Jeff Saturday, right? And so I, I I do believe I agree with you. From the standard of which we've we've watched coaches be told they weren't hired is more important to me. 
whether it's, you know, Eric Bieniemy or if it's Josh McDaniels being able to be a coach, uh, a coach head coach and then go back to the New England Patriots as a coach, it always seems that the goalposts get moved for the people they want to move goalposts for, mm -hmm. right? So the first thing you hear right away once Jeff Saturday gets the job is, uh, is race. I told my, my producer on NFL Live, I get Twitter cannot be the barometer for my opinions. I don't let other people change my opinions, but I do listen to other people to hear what they want to hear about. Right, because I didn't speak on Jeff because I wasn't asked, right? And I didn't tweet it. I didn't tweet about it because I was like, however many characters I get on Twitter are not going to allow me to encapsulate this the way I want to, and I don't want it to be misunderstood or misconstrued. I don't think it's about the race of coaches, in this sense. Gus Bradley's on that staff. He white as this happy dad box. Jeff got the job over him too. Scotty Montgomery, who's a former coach at the Pittsburgh Steelers with me, was a head coach in college, was an offensive coordinator at Duke. He totally understands, been at the, in, the, in the NFL level. He would be a great guy. If you wanted to hire a guy who knew the coach, Reggie Wayne's on the staff, mm -hmm. right? And so I went through all of those things to try to say, okay, why would you hire him? It's because he's your friend. It's because you trust him. It's because he's familiar, right? But familiarity and nepotism and those things have been the problem with hiring coaches, period. Because there is no representation. I would never be able to get hired by my drinking buddy because those dudes who own teams don't want to drink with me. Yeah. Right? They're not going to look at me and be comfortable enough to be like, hey, I'm used to being around people like you. Come to my house for Christmas. Now, I played for a coach who was like that with me, but he looked like me. And so now you run into the problem of, okay, is it a big deal because he's an interim coach, right? And with him being an interim coach, does this set a precedent though, Channing, that now other coaches can move forward in this way and how bad of a precedent would that be to set? But even setting that, like what, what, are, what, are, you, what are you asking? That all the white owners, who would it be? Shad Khan, mm -hmm. Jacksonville? That's uh, the Buffalo, Buffalo and Jacksonville Shad, Shad, Shad. are the are the sure. only two minority. Yeah, he's a minority. Minority, minority owners. He's a minority. You know what I'm saying? Minority owners. But that, you, you just brought up drinking buddies. Like that. With Jeff Saturday being a consultant. Have you been hired as a consultant, Fred? No. Like, y'all, ain't nobody hired me as a consultant because they know what I'm going to do. I'm going to off and I'm going to bullshit. But y'all are prestigious dudes. Why aren't y'all hired as consultants? Why don't they trust people that way? Because I'm with you. The nepotism and the comfortability, and that's why it's the Rooney rule. That's why the Rooney rule is there, cause they have to. It. I hate the fucking Rooney rule. We've talked about it before. You have to date a black man. I'm forcing you to date a black man. Think about that, because they don't want to do it if they don't have to, and that's the that's the 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 good old boy system, and that's what it is. I flat out say it. It's the good old boy system. So being an interim head coach. Is that a loophole within the Rooney rule? It's giving him an opportunity that Reggie Wayne should have that, hell, Herm doesn't have a job right now. You don't think Herb Edwards could do a better job than Jeff Saturday? You don't think somebody... Are they going to hire... Are they going to hire Eric Bien-Ami? No, but I feel like you're, I feel like you're arguing the, the wrong thing. We're not arguing if Jeff Saturday can or cannot do the job. What we're arguing is, is Jeff, has Jeff Saturday done enough in what we've seen done throughout history to deserve this opportunity? No. To deserve, that's what we're arguing. No. Because, I'm, and I said it on TV, I think Jeff is extremely smart. And I also, and also think this, I don't believe you have to have done all of those things that people are asking of head coaches most of the time, except for in Jeff's situation, to run the team. Because I don't have to coach a position. I actually don't know how to have to coach DBs. Or, you know what I got to do? I got to know how to delegate. I got to walk up to Channing and say, Channing, look, when we get into the third down package, what are you thinking? What are you thinking defensively? Are we going to bring pressure? Are we going to go fire zone? Are we going to sit back and allow eyes on the quarterbacks? And you tell me about that. I think about it and say, okay, now I know on fourth down whether or not I can go for it or not on fourth down, what they're going to do. And now I can delegate and tell people to do things. So I don't necessarily believe it's about his ability to do the job because he's as smart as anybody's ever met. And like he said, I've been in the locker rooms. I know people. 
I'm a leader of men, all those things. I get those. The problem is not him. The problem is the hiring process. The problem is a, a Jim Ursay, right, who I wouldn't trust with your sneakers, yeah. right, gets to make this decision, right? That's how I know Daniel Snyder ain't worth crap because Jim Ursay don't like him. If Jim Ursay say you've done something that means you shouldn't own the team, then your ASS shouldn't own a team because yeah. he shouldn't own one. <laughs> Right? And so when we look at that, it's about the rest of the problems this has now created. But we're talking about a league, bro, that you don't necessarily understand. Hell, think about this. Deshaun Watson, November 14th, he, he was back in the building. Yep. Right? He's back in the building. And so you're dealing with all these different things. Yeah, well, no, first before, off, before let you... me see. These are my Freddie T's. So you said oh, my yeah. shoes. Yeah, his shoes are fire. Y'all done criticized my six rings, so now can I... <laughs> Can, can I get a little love on my? No, those are they're much better. They're, those are they're dope. Nice, okay. They're much better. RC, I think but that low before one, we, that before one we talk lows, about one lows, huh? What do they call one lows? Low Jordan ones. Get out of here, man! Before we talk about Deshaun, you know, we're talking about what's fair and unfair in the hiring process of uh, Jeff Saturday, uh, the Boston Bruins. You know, there was a situation where um, Mitchell Miller, right? Mitchell Miller, he. Um, he was accused of bullying a disabled person, uh, Isaiah Meyer. Fair, unfair that they rescinded his contract. I think it's it's a, it's a very it's a very difficult thing, right? This happened when he was a middle schooler. Now he's uh, 18 years old. Um, he has, uh, you know, now come out and and say that he's been rehabilitated. Uh, it's about re-victimization as well. Um, now, um, Isaiah, who's a young man with uh, learning disability, with developmental issues, is having to relive this publicly. And uh, he penned an open letter which details what Mitchell and his friends used to do him. You know, he'd tell me, sit by him on the bus, and all his friends would punch me in the head. Or in order to sit with him at the table and eat, I had to say I was his N-word. And, you know, you start to think about these things. And I think about my children, right? And they're not even only thinking about my children. Like, I can't watch movies or shows where adults do f***ed up shit to kids. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, and I, I, like, I know they're acting. But I know it means a lot to you because you know, I've never heard you say, up shit. Yeah, but <laughs> in my life, was he a kid doing this to kids? Yes, he was a kid, and so and, and so that, like, and, that, that's and, the conversation. I'm not right, defending no, anything. No, I'm not, and and so that's my point. That even me, if you saw me when I began to answer the question, I couldn't come out right now and say, no, I don't think he deserves a contract. Like I think back to like some of the things I did as a child, but when you continue, when you continue to, to to read what he was did. Now we also, what he did, we also have to realize this became criminal. This yeah. became a matter of the law. It was no longer he said, she said, this kid was expelled from school as well. So it is well documented that this was happening. This also becomes the outcry of fans. When the GM Sweeney is having to answer questions about it, now you realize it's so much bigger than race though. Because what I can say is, I don't believe if this is Lil Chan, if this is a kid without learning disabilities or developmental issues that just calling him the N-word and, and beating on him takes his contract away. I believe the larger issue is you're picking on someone that doesn't have the capacity to defend themselves. And that's why everybody's involved, because everybody can feel that. And so, I can be honest, and whether this makes me a bad person or not, even after all I said about the way I feel kids should be treated, is like, I truly don't know if it's fair that he can't earn a living playing hockey. At right now, as a 39-year-old man, to what 19, 18, 14, 12, 10-year-old Channing did, I wouldn't want to be that, and I wouldn't want my employer, and I wouldn't want y'all. I wouldn't want y'all as my boys I wouldn't want these people that we, that we, you know what I'm saying, our team, to hear some stories from 16-year-old Channing Crowder. But, but that's the thing, Chan. You know, there are some articles that Isaiah spoke to and said he doesn't believe Mitchell 
was was you know sincere. You know, he said, "Hey, I'm doing this. I'm doing that." He's like, "Well, prove it to me. Prove me that you're that you're changed. That you're different." And he doesn't believe that he's changed. So for that, and along with, you know, what the Bruins believe, they don't believe that, you know, he would be the person for their organization. And that's what it comes down to. That's it's the, about representation. That's These professional leagues, they got to sell tickets. They got to make sure that they're on the same page as their fan base, right? So if, if this guy, if there are uh, uh, bullying accusations, whether from your past, Remember when we played? They played. They would always say, um, uh, "This guy is a virus. This this media. This is negativity." We don't want that for this organization. And let's be frank. In, in that region of the world right now, in Boston, it's a lot of the wrong type of media going on. The Patriots Patriots aren't winning. We saw what happened with Ime uh, Udoka. Ime Udoka, right? It's a lot of negative media circulating around the Boston area. So I think they made the right move. No, I, I think they made the right move. But so I guess, I guess let me be clear when I say I don't know if, when I say I don't know if he shouldn't have the right to earn a living. What I'm saying is that he should be given the right for a team to be able to look at them based off of what they feel to make the decision. I don't feel like he should be banned from having an opportunity. I don't feel like the league should step in and say that he can't play right. for anybody. I think that teams should be able to say the same way they can with you, Chan. A team can go talk to your mom. A team can go talk to your high school coach. A team could go visit with whoever they want to visit with and say, tell me about Channing Crowder. And from what they get from that, they could say, Channing Crowder is not the type of person I want to represent our organization. And I feel like they should be able to do the same thing with Mitchell Miller. I personally would not hire Mitchell Miller. Yeah. I personally don't think that I would want, I, I personally don't want a man that has done what he did, no matter at what point in his life, to represent me. Now, the thing is this, there are people who play, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever it is, that have probably done worse things than Mitchell Miller. There's dudes that choked out women, there's dudes that beat people, there's dudes that exactly. kill people with DUIs. I, I, I brought up things all the time, like, right. that continue to be able to support themselves. Exactly. And I'm not defending it, I'm just, like, nope. what is devil's advocate? Like, yes. there's worse things than what Mitchell did. There, there, there are worse things and than what Mitchell- And the people continue to there are, thrive there are in worse things sport. than what Mitchell Miller did. I think I do believe as well that his age at the time where he committed or had done these things is important. Like where I have the, the tough part, Chan, is bringing it back to when the act was committed and how you can grow from that, how you can be different. But we can go to baseball because baseball kind of gives us a blueprint of this with uh, a former Oregon State pitcher. Right, Luke Heimlich, when he was younger, and this dude was going to be a first-round pick, right? And we're talking about as the College World Series kicks off and it's, it comes out that he's a, a sexual offender. And it was because he touched his six-year-old cousin. I believe he was 14 or 15 years old. And so now these teams are looking at his character. His those teams are looking at his past the same way they can do for all of us. And... Whether it's that some people have done things and not being caught and some people have done other things, I think each team, each organization, each league gets to pick and figure out what works for them. And we don't always agree, right? Like, like we, we were talking about people before the show that have done things that to me, if you do that, I don't, like I don't, I don't wanna be your teammate. I don't wanna play with you. You have been in locker rooms with folks, Shan, that you don't rock with for certain reasons. Yep. Right, and so now we're looking at the actions of a guy like Luke or a guy like Mitchell from when he was a kid and we're comparing it or we're looking at the man we see today and basically we get to decide, is this dude worthy now? Did he grow? Did he grow? That's a hard or, question. Or has what you did or what you have done forever scar you and mark you that you don't deserve this privilege? Because that's the other thing we gotta realize. We're not saying that he can never earn a living. Right. What we're asking is, can you earn a living, one, doing what you love to do, two, doing what is a privilege that a million other people had to live or a thousand other people had to live a certain way in order to do. So if you're making the decision, if you're the Boston Bruins, 
what decision do you make? It's tough, man. I, it's funny you say that. So if you're a sexual predator, you're registered. Yes. Every time you move, you have to register and let all your neighbors know you're a sexual predator. I, I have felony charges, but it was just whooping ass. I was, if you say something slick to me, I'm going to punch you in your face, and that's assault. That was young Chan. But that was young Chan. But okay. I'm saying the difference in that, and that's what you're asking, R.C., I love the fact that if you're a sexual predator and I have an 11-year-old son, 9-year-old daughter, 2-year-old son, I want to know if you're around me. And I don't care when it happened. Right. So to answer your question, there are certain things that I would want to know about the person. They are sexual predator. I want to know if that's you. If you're just, if you're an aggressive person and like to fight, think about that. I was a middle linebacker. You were a safety. You were running back. I don't have a problem if y'all like to fight. Y'all have violent positions. You know, you read the Bible, right? And biblically, it says that all sins are weighed the same, right? The Bible, unfortunately, as the Bible is supposed to dictate or be a depiction of what real life was or an actual account of what real life was, it's not what real life is in 2022. Because what real life in 2022 says is, I've been in a fight before. Channing fighting doesn't bother me. Fred throwing hands does not bother me. Matter of fact, had somebody done to me what they did to Fred that made Fred punch him in the face, I would have punched him for Fred if I was there. Right. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. I, yeah. I, I can understand that. Like, to me, that's okay. Right? So let's talk about the truth and what really happens. When we look at a young child with developmental issues, that's not okay to us. Right? When you look at a six-year-old young girl being sexually abused by a teenager who she trusts, that's not okay to us. And because that's not okay to us, we get to make the decision, especially if I own a team, from a GM, public perception, whatever it is, we get to make the decision that, you know what, that's not the right representation of Mitchell. Mitchell Miller would not be the right representation of me. Well, I don't want to be around you. Get, get into it. You address Mitchell, you address the baseball guy. You know, I know we were going to move along to Deshaun. You talking about being, you talk about privilege. You know, you talk about being rehabilitated. You're talking about image and representation and, and what the Cleveland Browns stepped out to do. Well, even with Deshaun, you can ask those questions. And those were accusations versus what we know is true in those other guys when they were younger. Most fans would want to know, has Deshaun done enough, you know, before his return to, to put Cleveland Browns in position to not have to deal with all the media scrutiny and, and the scrutiny uh, uh, amongst themselves as individuals. Never going away, Fred. But that's what we were talking about Fred, just a second ago, right? Fred, I cannot harshly critique a quarterback without somebody telling me that I played with Ben. That's uh, true. Ben had yeah. uh, two sexual assault allegations. And if I say Kirk Cousins needs to be better, Oh, Kirk Cousins needs to be better, but you play with Ben and Ben. If I say Lamar Jackson has to be better in the fourth quarter, yeah, you're saying Lamar has to be better. You're going to get on the black man, but you play with... That's every time. Yeah. That's every time. As a, as a human and individually and personally, Deshaun Watson, to many people, will never not be a sexual predator. He will, he will never... He can never outrun as talented as he is what those allegations have done to him. That is a stain he will never wipe off. That's a stain Which the Cleveland so, Browns. Which is so unfortunate, man, That's because a, but it's there hasn't been any proof. It's not, yes, it is. Where's the proof? Fred, when it's 24 people. Uh, Honestly, Fred, I, I I'm with you. you. It's I, the same I, I way I feel you. about Cosby. We're talking Fred. about numbers. Fred, I get you. No, no, no. The same way I feel about Cosby. If it's one person, <laughs> now it's he say, she say. When it's 27 she's and one he, your ass well, doing some weird stuff. You no, know, that's I, what and, when, and when I, RC and, brought us, we, he got gave us the ESPN opportunity. That's the word I kept using. It is some weird shit going on with this you man. Said, you said weird it's stuff. Nasty. You, you've been saying Bro, that for a while. But it's I, too get many. It. Fred, I get it. Two dozen, so if, if Fred, you were two done dozen wrong, people. If you two were done wrong, if you were done wrong, right? Why why settle? Because what's gonna come from it on the back end? When you're saying why settle, two sides settled. Who are you asking about settling? You if, said, I, if I'm a victim, why settle? But even on the other side, with Deshaun, 
right? But it's tougher to, to fight that in court when you've been accused of something. You know, they like to say you're innocent until proven guilty. It's that, a little tougher as a that, black man. That, that was not the case. The, uh, one, of the, one of the investigators actually said when she hears the allegation, it is now on the accused to prove that it did not happen. I remember And that. so in, in saying that, it's actually not innocent until proven guilty, at least in his case, um, it was not. I think you're double dutching between the law and the league, right? Two different things, right? The law, the league, and then we're also talking about public perception. But we know what the league brings, and, and you just said it, public perception. So most of the times they say, you know, get rid of this, make it go away, because we've been around it. And hell, you work in the media, you know. They say you have to make this go away, make it disappear. How do you do that? Especially after signing a $250 million deal. What do you do? You pay off the victims that say, hey, look, you did me wrong. So you need to pay me a, a huge sum or this is going to happen. Because, Chan, if I feel like you did something to me, I'm going to fight it to the end. Especially when you took away, you know, you took everything away from me. Anything that I hold clear, near and dear to me, if you take that away, I got to come after you with everything. So, and I think that's what the, the, the alleged was, but they didn't see it through. And they no, took no, no, the payday no, no. and but, they went away. Fred, Fred, I didn't say to anything. Honest, to be honest, you talking about what, why settle? And I'm talking why about Deshaun, why he just settled. You just said it. Man signed a quarter billion dollar deal. Why would they settle? Is that right. what you're asking? Right. To get something out of this pain, out of whatever happened. We're gonna we're gonna sit and prove that he did this. What's gonna come from that lawsuit, Fred? We're talking about you're talking about integrity. I'm talking about, no, I'm, you're talking about women. Yes, but what's gonna come from sense. proving something that he did this? We gotta be. We have to be very clear. By the time, by the time it got to him making a settlement, it was now only about money. And I don't. And please understand when I say that, I'm not saying that these women were only searching for money, but at this point, the grand jury made a decision that they weren't going to try him. They were not going to bring this to court. So you so believe- all of these, So all of these cases were now civil cases. So it was going to be about how much my pain, how much what I have gone through is worth monetarily to the courts through the depositions. That's where we were now. And so I think, when you are those women sitting in that point, now it is only about how much I'm going to get for what I am accusing Deshaun Watson for. I don't necessarily know if the argument, if the why would we settle argument gets to prove guilt or innocence. I don't believe that. Right. I believe that that's an argument that we have in the media. That's an argument that builds a certain perception but once you've get, got to that point, if you're Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, I would have to guess the amount of money you're paying a top-notch attorney to be on staff every day, monthly, is astronomical, mm -hmm. right? And then at that point too, after you fought it for so long and you've gotten all of these and all of these different allegations and accusations, at some point I would have to think, and I don't want to speak for him that you do want it to go away so you can start the rehabilitation process. Right. And now if you're a woman on the other end, and I want to be very clear, I'm not in any way trying to mansplain anything away. I can't imagine that pain. I can't understand that pain or any agony that a woman may feel if she feels that she's been taken advantage of. But in that sense, it's been dragged out so long and you've been reliving whatever you believe happened so often and so much, it's like, He's not, he's now, you know he's not going to jail. And so it's like, okay, what can I get out of it? And to a lot of people, like, it's like, that's wrong, right? right? Like, I, I can be honest, and I said it on TV. If that was my daughter, but one, I'm rich, right? If that was my daughter, I'd be like, mother F the money. I want something to come out of this that say that mother effer was wrong for what he did to my that's, child. That's, that's, that's and, the point I'm trying and to make. And I'm not getting that's out of that. Point. But we get to feel that way. We're talking about adult women who probably aren't, you know, dealing with their father. And I'm gonna be honest, when I got to talk about it on TV, I just talked about the facts. The facts are a grand jury thought that there wasn't enough evidence to indict. Not that there wasn't any evidence, but that there wasn't enough evidence. And the burden of proof in those type of situations is actually not as hard as proving guilt, 
right? And they thought to themselves, okay, this is not enough. And so now you get to this position. And so we could haggle about that all day. I think the thing that we need to talk about is Deshaun Watson was able to get into the building on November 14th. He's going to step on the field on December 4th, not just on the field, against his former team, the Houston Texans, right? How do you think he was received in that building, right? How is he going to be received on that field when he steps out? on December 4th? Well, it depends on what side you're on. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you're excited. But on the flip side of that, if, if he was on the visiting team coming into Cleveland, we know they'll crucify him. Because as you mentioned, everything that he did is gonna always follow him. But they need hope, they need light. And because he's their player, they went out and invested 250 million. They, they can't wait for him to get back out there and play. So I think the reception will be, you know, open arms. But you can bet this, like anything else, we know winning changes everything, the environment, no matter what, in the locker room, out the locker room. If he's not hitting on all cylinders, don't instantly make them better. Whatever he will be called as a visiting player, he's going to be called that as a hometown so his, so success, his success and failure is going to be a lot to what? So for you, Chan, though, because you seem to have a, a very strong opinion. Like, I sit on the side of... I wasn't in those rooms. I don't know what happened. I can read, and from reading, I do develop a perception. I develop an idea of what I think. But in talking to the GM, Andrew Berry, and talking to the head coach, Kevin Stefanski, hell, and talking to the PR and media people that we got to talk to, everybody absolutely swears by him, and they love him. Mm -hmm. Inside that building, best teammate, the best dude, the best person. How are you every day with Deshaun Watson if you have the feelings you have right now? I'm on the team. You're on the team. You're I'm a Cleveland middle, Brown. I, I'm the Cleveland Brown middle linebacker. He is a sexually weird dude, but he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the world. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's a different level to say, I know you made, you, you messed up. You did some very weird stuff, and that's why I keep using the word weird. So for it's, you, it's more it, it's when there's smoke, there's smoke. When there's smoke, there's smoke. Not necessarily fire, because you don't know no, the extent of it. I don't know the extent of it, but there's smoke, there's smoke. Am I going to hang with you? Am I going to get a massage with you? No. Chance. I'm not getting in no trouble. But you on. have some weird shit going on in your life <laughs> that I'm not comfortable with. I digress. No, listen, no, no, listen. Freddie. No, but but but, but, but you talk about the nudist, the nudist colony. This is old. I know. Listen. Why isn't your stuff weird? All the nudists are. Why isn't your stuff weird? All the nudists are there happily. What? Those but ladies, we're talking about Fred. Those ladies hanging? were not happily in that situation. That's why they sued his fucking ass, Fred. Who's hanging with who? We're talking who? about. I'm you. not hanging with the show. Why Sean? don't they call you weird? No, they they can call me what they want to. They can call me what all they want to. I'm not sneaking in the massage parlor talking about telling nobody to rub my asshole. That's not what I do. Oh, shit. I willingly walk around with my wife naked and we'll have sex on and the beach. Ask, you ask and for the asshole time. rub. I don't want no asshole rubs. <laughs> I'm good. I think, man, I think what I think what <laughs> we bring some light to Yeah, I think I think what we I think what we have have learned though is is truly that people make decisions based on their feelings. People make decisions based on their perceptions. And in the end, it's about the people that hold the power. Whether we are hiring Jeff Saturday because we're comfortable with him and his familiarity and he's our friend. Whether we're telling or we're pulling Mitchell Miller's contract because of the uproar of the Boston Bruins fans for what he did as a middle schooler, or if I have a dog mask on in the crowd, or if I have a, a Houston Texan jersey on, on December 4th, however I feel as a person will be my reaction. And I think that, that's, that that is life. The same way people might tell us, don't do fighters before they play, or don't do players before their game, but I'm sure the Philadelphia Eagles will let us interview anybody because Darius Slay plays Jay Jettas, Justin Jefferson, who's probably the best wide receiver in the league right now, went crazy last week Ooh. against Buffalo. And, yeah, and held him to, I think, one catch one-on-one, -on -one, and you he had two catch? picks. 
And so I think that when we continue to look at these things and get opportunities to talk about them and share them, I love the different personalities on the show and the way that that comes out. So we appreciate y'all. DraftKings, happy dad, all love. We're going to wrap it up. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. Uh, on a mission, get me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Uh, on the vision, I can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Uh.